guys. Welcome back to our podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Ari. And today we are welcoming back two very special guests, Stacy and Amber. And I think we're going to jump right in. A lot has happened since we last met a couple of weeks ago. Do you guys want to take it from here and fill everyone in? Yeah, that would be great. Um, thank you guys so much for this opportunity to update you guys. Um, you are absolutely correct. A lot of stuff has happened uh, since the last time we were with you guys. Um, it sounds like the podcast was a hit. Uh, we have gotten so much feedback for it. Um, so much so that uh, one of the gentlemen in Greeley, he is a former uh, UNC professor and a former school board director, um, Bruce Broderius, had acquired uh, the podcast that we did, and he had paid for AI to transcribe the entire hour and 45 minute or 47 minutes, sorry, podcast, had it certified mailed to me and wanted me to confirm the report of what um, AI came out with. But I mean, from probably the very second sentence of the podcast, um, I think it goes, hi, I'm Ari and I'm Alex or one of those ways. And AI picked up that you guys were the same person. So I was like, there is no way that I'm going to go through all of this um, transcribed podcast episode that's not good use of my time, my team's time, anybody who would have to suffer through reading that's time. Um, so I am posting the link to the video to my website. And um, I did send back a letter today to uh, Mr. Broderius, uh, along with uh, some of the money that he sent to try to help pay for some of the portion of the certified mail um, back. And I just explained to him that there is actually a video of our first podcast. And so we're um, answering his call for transparency. And I think that the video of our podcast is probably the most transparent that we could be on who's saying what, when, um, maybe can hear the tones or, you know, whatever, I guess. See some facial expressions too, because, you know, sometimes we're joking around so maybe they can actually see that we were joking around you know right right so what did they so they thought that so what was the problem with it I think they first of all I guess um it was some type of a attempt to intimidate or to maybe make me put my mouth where my money is I think they thought that I was going to back off or, you know, just be really nervous. And that's not it at all. Um, I think they are concerned that I will be like somebody else who wants to shroud who I am to try to appease to them or in fear of what they're going to say. Um, it sounds like, um, the worst possible thing that I said was in my introduction. If you guys remember, I was talking about my son going to a private school and I had said, you know, he's, he's never going to see the inside or encounter district six. And I said, and you know, no matter what we do with superintendents or with school boards, like he's probably never going to go to public school. So I switched from specifically in district six to then broad any type of public schools, because this is an issue that is, we know, across our country right, right now. And so um, 
apparently that has been able to be misconstrued that I have a video calling for the firing of our superintendent, Deirdre Pilch. Um, but thankfully, we now have this transcription of the podcast that actually shows how I went from, you know, one subject of directly with District 6 to the broad of public schools. Um, so luckily, I am going to be able to use this transcript in my campaign. So I really do appreciate uh, the donation that was made to my campaign on this behalf um, because I'm going to be using that. Um, and yeah, um, one of the school board incumbent um, candidates that is running, um, she is the one uh, that was going around saying that I have this video out, you know, saying that if I get elected or some, something along those lines that I am going to fire the superintendent. And so I also am going to take this opportunity to clear the air on that as well, that I have absolutely no plans of firing the superintendent. I look forward to being elected and onto this board and working with her for at least four years of my um, term. And then, you know, whatever happens if I run again or what, but um, I have worked with Deirdre Pilch quite a bit and I feel like we have a very good working relationship. I just think it's really unfortunate and interesting that they are so concerned about what my plans are that they're not listening to anything that I'm saying. Um, and, and they're able, you know, they're trying to make something out of nothing because. And that wasn't within the first five minutes of the podcast, by the way. So maybe that's all that they actually listened to. I'm not entirely sure, but they heard that and probably just ran with it. So um, it, it's probably because of the things that have happened in Woodland Park, um, with the Woodland Park School District with some change, you know, some changes that have happened, some changes that have occurred there with some firings and some things that have happened. but. Really, it's not in our best interest to fire Deirdre. That's not going to be, um, that's certainly not the goal of, Michael, of anybody. Michael essentially flipped this board because I feel like that she would be such a stronger superintendent than what she is if she had a board with a backbone behind her. That's that's where my, my struggles are. Um, if it was with the superintendent, I think that maybe I would look into you know, trying to become a superintendent myself or something along those lines. It just doesn't make sense for me to get on the board and then fire that. And Amber is exactly right. Um, it sounds like some of the fear that the um, opponents currently have is they are very concerned about what is going on in Woodland Park, which is kind of weird as well, because, you know, the same gentleman that sent me the certified mail, Bruce Broderius, had made a public comment at our last school board meeting where he was talking about what was going on in Woodland Park and, and put out a call to just, you know, people in the community to reach out to candidates or school board members currently to ask them what their thoughts are on Woodland Park. And um, I kind of knew what was going on, but I, I guess I didn't realize that this was a concern. And so I you know, made sure to go through and do some more research. 
And from what I've been able to tell, um, one of the things that Woodland Park did was they hired a new superintendent that is focused on academic achievement, which um, that's currently what, I mean, if you look at District 6 2030 innovation plan, that's that's what their concerns are, is academic achievement. So why would it be concerning that we might want to fire our superintendent to hire someone that is geared towards academic achievement if we weren't already geared towards academic achievement? Um, and then one of the other things they did was they um, adopted an American birthright curriculum for social studies. But we've been told multiple times that there's no critical race theory in our social studies. There's no social emotional learning in our social studies. And so I don't know why that would be a concern if we adopted that if one, it is based off of the background of the United States of America. And two, if the curriculum we already have in place is already focused on that, we're already teaching them the best and what they need to know. So it's just a little um, confusing. And finally, uh, the other thing that they're really doing is they are pushing for educators and not activists, which again, if we have educators, in the district and not activists, right? You know, um, we've heard a couple of times that this is not the time or place. Um, the classroom is not their pulpit for any of their beliefs. So if we're already focusing on educators and not activists, and then, why is this an issue? yeah, again, why is this where's, an issue? Where's, where's the, the concern coming? So it's just, it is very, um, Interesting, I guess, how this podcast uh, was interpreted. I had hoped that it was going to be a tool that they would listen or, or be like, wow, this is a great opportunity to listen to Stacy. Um, something that I'm working on pretty, pretty hard right now is um, I am extremely passionate about this stuff extremely. And the more I get involved, then the faster I talk and the louder I talk because I'm just getting like so passionate. A fire. Yeah. A, a voice that just carries. It yes. just does on its own. So yes. you don't really need the help from a microphone right. and things like that. So people have, unfortunately, they've taken it and interpreted it as that she's angry. Yes. Well, she's not angry. She's and, passionate and, and she's, she's very bold Instead of saying like, wow, she has some great um, suggestions for the district, you know, let's let's just talk with her. Let's see what she has planned um, or what she hopes to do. Um, that's, you know, would be probably the more appropriate thing, which is why um, I've started doing a little opportunity for anybody that is in the community that has any questions, um, it's called, what's the deal with Castile? And it gives them an opportunity to come ask me questions or ask for clarification on something I may have said or didn't say, or they want to get to know you better. They want to know where you stand on an issue. Yes. And we welcome anyone who would like to have her come to a an in-home event, to a church event, to a book Club events. I don't know. I mean, you know, out there, like 
we can probably, you know, think of all kinds of different scenarios that she'd go to, but um, where you just have a few friends, few neighbors over, um, you want to ask her some questions up close and personal, give them the opportunity to do that. So we want to make sure that we're completely transparent about who Stacy is, what she stands for. Um, it's just kind of been sort of blown out of proportion in, as, as far as her saying that her son wouldn't be in the district, and, but she did say superintendents and school boards, meaning like his overall school career would have probably have multiples of those because he's only six, so he has a ways to go. So, um, so he's got a little ways, but you know, there are going to be some of those things that happen. And until there is a huge drastic turn, I don't foresee either of our children being in, in the public school system at this time. And honestly, I feel like in working together as a community, right? I mean, how much are we hearing that um, not all children are the same and it's not just one, one size fits all kind of a thing. So, you know, having that understanding that like at this point in mine and my husband's lives, it is important to us for our son to have a, a biblical education. Mm -hmm. um, our older two, we would love for that. Um, they've made their friends. They are, you know, we talked about how... They are so involved already. So what we do is monitor um, what's going on with them in a different manner. But yeah, if if I thought that not having my youngest in the district would maybe make me not the best candidate for them, then I wouldn't be out here running. But um, actually, I think this adds a little bit of a twist to the current board because the other parent that is currently on the board, parents, sorry, that, um, that have kids in the district, they actually have them at charter schools, which still fall under the district. My son's school is a private school. It does not fall under the district in any capacity. So um, it's, a, it's another point of view to bring to the table. Why not? Right. I would even add that one of the things that the the, the current board has been doing, really has been doing, has been sort of attacking the people who aren't parents. Um, at these meetings, they're saying, well, you're not a parent. You're not a parent. Why are you talking about this? Well, we've got parents who are wanting to run. So, well, and even just your typical parents, um, my children are 16. Um, they are, so they're teenagers, and they're able to really talk about some of the things, what's going on. So give me feedback. Um, they are mixed race, so they give a totally different perspective. And then having a younger one, I can look and see things that they are doing in other schools, um, school districts that might benefit our district. So why not see and get some of this, you know, other opinion involved? Yeah. Yeah, we do need more opinions in a school district. Like, we, you should have a better idea of what multiple people want. So then maybe multiple people would then be like, oh, well, maybe that public school is a good option to go to. Um, yeah. Because they're well, willing to hear other people's perspectives. And I think, too, when you are going to start, I mean, 
whether you go to public school, whether you, whether you go to private school, whether you're homeschooled, right? Um, at some point, you're going to enter the workforce. So, you know, if we can get some of these other different opinions of what's going on or what we think might, you know, be a better outcome for our students, then why wouldn't we want to show them? You know, one of the questions that I got asked a recent forum that the school board candidates did was, if I'm not putting my son in the district, then how do I, how could I possibly be a good shepherd for the kids in the school district? And I feel like kids are kids, no matter where they are getting their education from, they're still kids. I don't understand how that would play in or have any difference. So they try to discredit you. Um, you're not a parent. You're just a community member. Oh, but you are a parent. Oh, oh, but, you know, like you don't have a kid in the district for much longer. Like it, it just seems kind of strange. Um, you know, everything is going great at Greeley Evans District 6. So... Wouldn't they want to maybe say someone who says, hey, I have some other suggestions when they want to show me behind the curtain and clear up any maybe confusion? I mean, if they can see how much I stand up and, and just ask questions or, or try to get other opinions um, taken into consideration, imagine what it would be like if I was out there talking about all of the amazing things that they were doing. So. Just, right. you know. just to confirm, there's no rule that you have to be a parent to run for school board. Is that correct? No, yeah. You just have to live inside the boundaries of the school district, which, right. um, you know, so sometimes they say, oh, well, this is just a community member. It's not even a parent or they're not, I mean, they're parents, but they're not parents of students currently in the district. So out of seven, there's only two that actually have students inside D6 Schools. Some of them have kids that are too young to go to school, yes. and some of them have aged out. So that's just—they're just really trying to single just, out. Stacey. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only Stacy, but other people who are coming against whatever the agenda is, right? Right. So in this case, it had—it was specific to um, uh, the books that had been. Um, yeah, it was a book of challenging of the books. And so um, there were people in there who weren't actual parents. And so they would say, well, they're not parents. They're not parents. Well, they're somebody's parents. They're just maybe not current parents of, of somebody in the district. So, but we've, we've definitely had some other things too that have, have happened that we definitely want to touch on too while we have a little bit of time. Okay. Um, we did go to a, what's the deck? The District Accountability the DAC, Committee, yeah, DAC. the DAC meeting, um, where they were presenting uh, the new anti-bullying curriculum, which will be implemented across the school district. And uh, one of, they're actually using two different programs. One of them is called Second Step. Their anti-bullying um, curriculum is actually part of CASEL's selection of an May I emphasize SEL on the selection because it's capitalized, but that is one of their selective uh, curriculums of choice. So um, second step is the anti-bullying that's coming in that is promoted by Castle. It is SEL 
it says it's SEL. There, every aspect of it says this is SEL yeah. curriculum. In fact, just for transparency, I went ahead and posed as a teacher and went ahead and took the training. Okay. Just so everybody knows. Wow. I went ahead and went through the training of this anti-bullying uh, curriculum, just so I could understand it from all aspects. Right. But I've been through the training, so I'm, I'm fully aware of what it is. So I brought it up at the meeting, and I said, how are we going to oppose, essentially, how are we going to oppose this, um, people asking, how are we not teaching critical race theory in the schools if we're teaching second step anti-bullying, which is pushed through through Castle, and we know Castle is heavily infused with critical race theory, right, as we discussed in our first podcast. So how can you answer and say, we're not teaching critical race theory? Well, they said, well, this curriculum isn't. Hmm. So, again, how are we going to answer when people ask, are you teaching critical race theory in this district? And they say, no, but you're teaching something pushed through Castle, mm -hmm. or by Castle, that's social emotional learning. And we know that Castle itself is infused with critical race theory. There's no way you can say it doesn't exist. Right. The other one is through PBIS. Do you remember us speaking about PBIS? The yes. Positive Behavioral Intervention System. And it is a free curriculum, so that probably was <laughs> the exciting part of it. But it is, again, another anti-bullying, heavily infused with SDL, again, promoted through Castle, again, pushing uh, panorama surveys to collect information and put it all together so that you can make it all work. Well, as um, you guys may recall, I had talked about the RFID chips inside of the student IDs. So when I had obtained the information that was included in the quote from CI Solutions to the district, it talked about PBIS. That's how I started to understand some of this. So when we were at the DAC meeting, of course, my ears perked right up. I was like, wait a minute. Um, and so I said, so are we doing PBIS because it's compatible with the RFID chips in our cards? And um, unfortunately, the assistant superintendent that I had asked that to um, was not quite aware that the chips even had PBIS compatibility or yeah capability. And so she said, no, um, that's, it, it, that just happens to be kind of a coincidence. Um, she said it was because it, it is free, which, uh, of course, to a taxpayer and an accountant's ears, that's um, pretty magical because I don't want to be spending unnecessary money on some of this stuff. Um, but the district did finally address these uh, student IDs. Uh, they sent out an email a couple of weeks ago, and it came out from the superintendent and the head of security. And it talks about a, a couple of different security safety issues for the children in the district. Uh, but it did finally address the RFID chips and how that they are inside the student IDs. And they are supposed to be scanning them. Um, they, meaning the kids, are supposed to be scanning them as they get on the bus um, to go anywhere. Unfortunately, my daughter just had her last track meet um, this last Sunday, and she still has not. Um, scanned, had, 
her student ID because the majority of her track meets are on Saturdays. So she didn't have to walk around school all day with her student ID. So she's not going to pack it to take it to the track meet. Right. Um, and it's, you know, not a part of her purse or her wallet kind of a thing. So um, hopefully next year, as we wrap up this year and, and get ready for next year, hopefully that is something that is more enforced. Um, you know, I may not agree with it. Um, and I think every parent should be able to have that choice. They should be able to be given full transparency as to what they need these student the, the student IDs to have the RFID chips in there for like exactly why um, and then have the parents make a decision based off of that um, if they they want them to have them on there but the other side of me now is knowing how much money we have spent on this um, tool uh, I want to make sure we're getting our money's worth right I mean <laughs> Um, if we need safety, uh, the kids going to sporting events or field trips need just as much safety on a bus as the kids that ride a bus home to their neighborhood. So, yeah. Well, Stacy, what are some of the, on day one, you're going to be your top priorities? So my three pop top priorities really are to try to help empower the parents a little bit more. Um, like I was just saying, we should be notified of these things. We should say, yes, we're on board. Um, we should, recently, uh, we received emails to see if we wanted to allow our children to be tested for the military test, the ASVAB. And um, you could opt in or you could opt out, you know, just whatever. You, I think you had to opt out and then otherwise they automatically were tested. Um, I feel like things like that are important. And um, currently, I have made comments and suggestions to the district about some of the things with the surveys um, and with some of those things and how that they can be a little bit better. Uh, the other thing that I am really trying to um, push for is preparing our children for life after graduation, no matter what that looks like whether they're going to trade school, vocational school, whether they're enlist, enlisting in the military, whether they are going on to higher education or entering the workforce immediately. I just really want to make sure that they are prepared for that. And key areas would be just the reading comprehension and the math understanding as well. And then finally, just the accountability. Um, but I feel like we, we really need to start kind of leaning into some accountability on three different groups. We need to have the students be accountable for their grades and their behaviors while they are in school and probably off school too, if they're you know encountering the public in some way, we don't want them to be running around. Yeah, being um, mugging people or anything extreme like that. And then, also, we need to be making sure that our teachers are being held accountable, that they are utilizing classroom time, um, utilizing curriculum, and really just pushing the students. Like YouTube isn't a teacher. Yeah, no, YouTube is not a teacher. Um, and then finally, the district and the administrators and just accountable with um, notifying parents of uh, situations, accountable with money and spending and raises and and 
some of those other higher ticket items that affect all of us. Um, recently, the new reportings came out from the county, the assessments of our properties. And I noticed that almost 58% of our property tax went to the school district. And it's only going to get worse uh, because the cost of your house went up. And not only did the um, amount you pay towards the school go up as the property value went up, but your mortgage also increased because when your property value increases, so does your insurance. And if you are paying more to the school district, then you are having to pay more to in your taxes. And so um, these are areas we really need to focus on. And those are my three my three areas. Um, I, like I said, I look forward to working with the administration that we currently have um, and giving a voice to the students, teachers, and families, community members that are not currently represented. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're a very strong candidate and that's probably why you're coming under attack is because you are a threat to the status quo. And sometimes that's really good to just bring a breath of fresh air into a situation. Mm -hmm. How are some ways that those that want to get involved with your campaign can contact you or if you have a website, how can they get involved? Yes. So um, there is my website, which is www.stacy4d6.com. And then also I have a Facebook page that is Stacy4d6. Um, the Stacy 46 Facebook page has a little bit more interaction on it just because um, other people will post comments, um, articles, things that are going on, whether they're in the state, in the nation, and just trying to generate some really good conversations. Um, and then with the website, we will be um, adding in uh, this podcast when it comes out as well so that we are being transparent with everything that we're being said or that we're Thanks. Yeah. Right. We are honest yes. people. <laughs> Just to take a, a curriculum so you can learn it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Unlike some other people. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate this opportunity to have us both back on here and for us to update you guys on what's going on. Yeah. Thank I you. hope that we can continue to do this. Um, I yeah. hope this episode uh, gets as many uh, watches or listens as well, because that means we're on the right track. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming back on, and we wish you the best, and yeah. um, have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you.